Awesome stuff. So, hey, 20, um, 2021 is over. And we are about to start 2022, and I'm excited about that. But, you know, before we um, head off into 2022, and um, I, I want to just um, say a couple of things that we did this year that we should celebrate along the way, okay? Um, we, we, you know, we all have a church in Blackall, Blackall Community Church, and so this year we did three trips to Blackall. Uh, yes, you can, you can cheer whenever you want, that's fine. <laughs> 30 people came with us over those three trips. So 30 from our church family ended up coming to Blackall and being part of that journey, including a baby, Elaine, and a seven-month pregnant Cassie. We travelled about 14,800 plus kilometres um, in, in this year going out and doing ministry in five different cars. We had 36 youth group nights, which an average of 65 to 70 kids each night. We had 52 church services. Jess grew the worship team incredibly this year from at the beginning of the year having nobody to the end of the year being able to sit back and not even do the service. Let's celebrate the win. Six home connect groups were formed and met regularly this year. Our school, our social media page uh, pages are expanding more and more each week. In the last three months, we had an average of 1,000 views a week. This week, we had just over 5,000, just under 5,000, just over 9,000, <laughs> just under 5,000. Now, you may not think that's a lot, but that's 5,000 people who have clicked on and liked Powerhouse Church page. And they're people that we have the opportunity to invest in and get them into meaningful conversations about God online. And, you know, uh, it's really great to have Sue here tonight. Where are you, Sue? Sue's somewhere around the place. Oh, down, out, out, up there, upstairs. There she is. Now, Sue's new to, new to our church, just moved up from New South Wales and say, oh, welcome to church. It's great to have you here. But Sue's been coming to church for a long time. She's been online with us for nearly 12 months. So this is just her walking through the door. Um, and being part of us for real. And so, you know, online, we have to get ready. Here it comes. And so we're excited about that. What else can I say? Lots of new faces in 2021. We said 21 in 21. We well and truly went over that. Somewhere near 30, I think, people who came and stayed in our church, not counting those people who are online. You're not clapping. I'm thinking this is just my own personal little inventory of great things. Thank you very much. I should have bought lollies, shouldn't I? You know, we painted and landscaped our building, which was no uh, mean feat. Um, awesome. Yeah. While we're away um, on our missions trip and our, our ministry here with our children, we saw 66 kids make first-time decisions to follow Jesus Christ. 47 of those were in our own church here. So that's exciting. So... We did something new in Blackall, uh, in Bow Desert. We took some of the kids who'd already been saved away and we um, baptised them in the Holy Spirit. And they had an amazing time hearing from God themselves. Uh, so much so that some of the kids when asked if you would like to stay here under the presence of God or go for morning tea, chose to stay under the presence of God. So you know that something's working in that time. And um, awesome stuff. How amazing has our year been? This year coming up, you can see up, I've already put up, we've pulled Christmas down, Christmas is gone. Um, we're getting into a new season. I'm excited. Well, except for Janine, who is our own personal bauble. And um, so, yeah, I reckon, I reckon we should just build a great big snow globe and put Janine in it. 
That'd be so cool. Our own, our own snow globe. Wouldn't that be awesome? Life-size snow globe. Oh, cool. Next year. So. But next year, we're going to um, kick off the year in the second week after we get back with a week of worship. And uh, we're going to start the year off with Jesus at the centre of what we do. And so it will be every night, um, uh, Saturday to Saturday, and uh, we will come for um, an hour and a half, two hours, and we will just worship God and let him do what he's going to do and give him the year. Because I feel like in 2022, in the year of influence, if we don't get it right to start with, then we might be starting building on things that we don't really want to build on. So let's get it right at the beginning of the year. And Simon will tell you more about that because Simon's going to be a point person for the next few weeks while I'm away on holidays, which will be awesome. So we can talk about growth, baptism, salvations, renovation, expansion. All of those words could be used throughout this year, which I think is just amazing. So the 26th of December, here we are, 2021, the last message I'll speak before the new year. And then I'm going to head away on holidays until the 23rd of January. But January is going to be awesome, by the way, just so you know. January is going to be amazing. Jess is going to preach um, next Sunday, which is amazing. And Simon's already told me that the message he's going to preach two weeks after that, Jess stole from him. Um, And so their message dovetails together nicely. And in the middle of that, Darren Hayhoe from Reach Church is going to come and um, and share for us as well. So um, I think January 2022 is looking like a really great year. The reason I put Darren Hayhoe in the middle of those two is that because that gives me a, a week um, after he preaches and I'll come back so you'll be 14 days after him you'll hear me and then you'll think oh okay, that's cool we've got Graham back so I didn't want to go right after him because he's so great so I hope you're listening Darren but tonight as we finish 2021 I want to start looking at what can I do what can you do to be prepared for, year, for 2022 the year of influence And I believe that um, in my prayers over the last six months, praying and asking God what he wants for our church, he's always given me a word for the year. And last year, um, word has come to pass. And this year, um, in 2022, I believe the year of influence is where God wants Powerhouse Church to be an influence in our own church, in our city, in our state, in our nation, and in the world. And I want to see us do so much more than what we did last year that I'm already exhausted just thinking about it. Um, But I'm excited because God wants to do something through us. If he didn't want us to be an influence, he wouldn't have given us that word for the year. And I was excited when, um, when we, we, had our, we shared it with our board and leadership team um, and Jess said to me, yes, that word sits right with me. Not, and I thought, cool, I'm glad it did. I'm glad it did because you know, that's confirmation that we're heading in the right direction, a year of influence. Who's ready for a year of more influence in our community, in salvations? Rodney, we're going to see more people get saved. Mate, I know that just gets you so excited. So we're going to look briefly at five, possibly four, could be three, depending on how, um, how long I, I preach for. But, you know, some, I heard someone say once that their message was Holy Spirit inspired. And if it went too long, don't tell me about it. Go and talk to the Holy Spirit. So if this message goes a little bit long tonight, which it won't, um, talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Don't come and talk to me. Anyway, I'm going on holiday, so 
You can't worry too much about that. We as individuals and we as two churches, Meribara and Blackall, can influence 2022 in an amazing way. I want to have a look at Joseph, David, Solomon, Jonah and Paul. Very briefly, not that they're the only ones by me, but they're the five that I have chosen to talk to talk about. Joseph. Joseph was born as the 11th son to his father Jacob, and he was his father's favourite son. Combine these facts with his pr- prophetic dreams, Joseph had... And he had his eagerness to explain them to his older brothers. And you can get the perfect conditions that led to him being hated by everybody. Here's this little upstart Joseph deciding that he's heard from God and he's going out and telling everybody about it. Absolutely an amazing recipe for your older siblings to think that you're a real little jerk. I can relate to that. Because of this, Joseph's brothers devised a plan to kill him, but they eventually settled on just selling him into slavery. Oh, how awesome's that, isn't it? You know, so, yeah, we won't kill him, we'll just sell him into slavery. That makes it a lot better. Boy, don't you wish you were born into that family? Yeah, I was thinking to myself, I'm glad that my family was not Joseph's family because um, I could be dead by now. Who would know? But fast forward a few years... And you see that the brother's scheme for Joseph actually put him in the path to fulfill the dreams he had earlier. But by no means did Joseph gain authority overnight, but through a series of wise actions, unfortunate setbacks and seemingly coincidental events. Joseph eventually became second in charge, in command in Egypt, a major influencer in my eyes. And towards the end of Joseph's story, Joseph used his newfound power to provide and shelter all his people, including his brothers who once despised him. Joseph's story is a testament to how God can use even the most unfortunate actions to bring about major influence. So my first point tonight is patience. If you want to be an influencer, if you've got something that God has laid on your heart to do, if you've had a dream, a vision, a purpose, or something that God's laid on your heart to do, you are going to need patience to see that through. In a day and age, it might as well be a criminal offence to make someone wait these days. If you're hungry, go to McDonald's. If you don't know the answer, Google it. If you don't um, text me back in five minutes, you're unfriended. You're done. It's a slap in the face. So imagine getting confirmation that you will be one, one day have a position of power over the people who despise you, but being forced to wait years until it actually happens. Sure, you'd feel motivated, and I remember this feeling well. You feel motivated when God gives you a word for a few moments, even for a year, but to hold on to that for as long as Joseph did takes absolute commitment and patience to do that. Yet Joseph didn't stop trusting God. He waited for his time to to come and stayed true to God in the meantime. For us heading into 2022, have you had a dream or has God spoken to you? And have you waited and waited and waited? This could be the year and your patience will be rewarded. Hang in there and see what 2022 brings. I know for me that um, I'm patiently waiting for the things that God has um, laid on my heart. Who's patiently waiting for the things that God has laid on their heart? Absolutely. Well, maybe in the year of influence, this may be where it all starts to unfold. 
But not only do we need patience, we need faithfulness. It's clear that no matter the circumstances Joseph was in, he knew that God was the one who had, he had to stay faithful to. After Joseph was sold to Egypt, he served under a high-ranking official named Potiphar. And over the course of time, Joseph found favour in his eyes. And Joseph eventually rose to a prominent role in Potiphar's house. And for the first time since he was sold into slavery, it appeared that Joseph was finally back on track to fulfil his dreams. Enter Potiphar's wife. Dum, da, dum, dum, dum. The Bible describes Joseph as being handsome in appearance and Potiphar's wife definitely agreed with that. She tried to seduce Joseph multiple times but he refused her advances and said the, um, the act would not only be wrong against her and her husband but against God himself. Claims of rape now led to Joseph's hard-earned status and innocent reputation being destroyed and he was wrongfully imprisoned. Joseph wanted to please God no matter what, and this faithfulness allowed him to eventually leave the prison and gain his new position of power. So for us, it doesn't matter how tough it gets. If you want to influence our city, our state, our nation and our world, we need to be patient and we need to be faithful to God. We need to be faithful in all the things that he has told us to do and keep trusting him no matter what. The other thing, which is hard for me sometimes, if you want to be an influencer, you have to learn how to forgive. Ouch. There's some people I don't really want to forgive. I don't want to do that. But we have to do it to go into the places that God wants us to go. How can we talk about Joseph and not mention forgiveness? In Genesis 43, we see Joseph's brothers, the same ones who sold him into slavery, come to their unrecognisable brother to buy grain in the midst of a famine. Joseph had every right to hold a grudge against his brothers, and with his new position in Egypt, there's no telling what kind of punishment he could have enforced upon them. But after a series of tests and observation that proved his brother's remorse, Joseph revealed his identity to them and later provided for his father and his household. And his example shows, that, shows us that even when others commit evil against us, God can always use it for good. Ouch, that sucks. Genesis 50 verse 20 says, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as in this day it may save many lives. You know, it's easy to hold on to, forgive, uh, hold on to bitterness. It's easy not to forgive people. It's easy just to hold on to those things that hurt us. And, and I know for me, I've, I've tried sometimes, I'm, I'm as human as, as everybody else. I've tried sometimes when people have hurt me to go, yes, I forgive you. It's awesome. You know, but I have one of my biggest things, I have a great sense of justice. Oh, I can't stand injustice. And, you know, that really gets under my skin. But sometimes you just got to let things go. I can't do that real well. I'm not really great at that. And, you know, I had a situation once many years ago where I thought I'd forgiven someone and then I heard that something bad had happened to them and I thought, oh, why didn't they die? Uh, what? I couldn't even believe that thought came into my mind. I couldn't even believe it. It actually mortified myself 
And I realised I hadn't really forgiven them. I'd fooled myself. And how could God take me on and do what he needed me to do without, um, without that forgiveness? So I went and searched my heart and I found a place. And the next time I saw them, I was genuinely happy that I got to see them. And all of that bitterness and anger had gone. And I was able to move on into the things that God had wanted me to do. Do you struggle with patience? Do you struggle with faithfulness? Do you struggle with forgiveness? Which one of those three, if you had to pick one, would be the one that you struggle with the most? Well, there's nine, so don't worry because there's a few more to pick from. Let's have a look at David. One thing I've always loved about the Bible is that it portrays people and yes, even faithful heroes as normal, sinful people. Most of the Bible characters God used to do extraordinary feats also committed some terrible deeds. Jacob was the deceiver in Genesis. Moses was the murderer in Exodus. Samson's lust got the better of him in Judges, in Judges, in Judges, and in Judges. Um, Solomon turned to false gods, and Peter denied Christ three times. But the, this fact, ag- arguably, this fact shows us more about David's character than you would really believe. David's life included everything from killing lions and bears as a young man, slaying giants who taunted the people of God, running from a jealous king who wanted to kill him, pretending to be insane to escape death, committing adultery and essentially killing the woman's husband, making a decision that cost 70,000 men their lives and running from his own son who rebelled against him. Yet despite having a history tainted by pain, disobedience and violence, the Bible described David multiple times as a man after God's own heart. What? Acts 13 verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised um, up for him David as a king, to whom he also said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do my will. Repentance is my fourth point. Something that we really don't want to talk about in church very much um, is repentance to God. When the Bible calls us to repent, it encourages us to review our current mindset and begin a path of life pleasing to God. David was all too familiar with repentance after reading that, absolutely. Due to the things that happened caused by his actions, and one of the reasons the Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart is that he always recognised his wrong actions from the evil they were and then went back and always made it right. In First Chronicles 2, 8, So David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done these things, but now I pray, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done some very foolish things. Patience faithfulness, forgiveness and repentance are four things that we need in our world if we're going to step into a year of influence. And I have to go away and look at some of these things myself if I want to be able to move forward in the things that God has for me, the things that God has for you and the things that God has for our church. Let's have a quick look at Solomon. Solomon is mostly known for his great wisdom, a gift given to him by God after he appeared to Solomon in a dream and gave him whatever he desired. The Bible records many of Solomon's feats of wisdom, and you can read all about that in 1 Kings. 
The beginning of Solomon's life and rule was so great that it's depressing to see how it all degraded in the end. But we can use the Bible's refusal to sugarcoat his story as a means to learn the following lessons from the life of Solomon. Mentoring. Mentoring is number five. This is the problem King Solomon tried to solve. He knew that without strong teaching and guidance, the nation would stumble and as its youth grew old. Solomon called to the youth to gain wisdom and understanding and the book of Proverbs provides guidelines for living well in our world. He covers everything from investments to laziness, dealing with the opposite sex, the importance of strong relationships and most importantly, the fear of the Lord. This reverence and healthy respect for God is the foundation Solomon builds upon. But in order to spread such wonderful information, Solomon knew he had to teach it. In Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way it should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. If the next generation is going to get it right, someone has to lead the way. And if we want to be influencers in our community in 2022, we have some amazing opportunities. We have chaplains in schools, we have large youth ministry, we have children's ministry, we have every opportunity to get alongside young people and mentor them through the kingdom of God so that they become the men and women of God that they were created to be. That's hard work. That means giving up some time. That means having to spend some time with some snotty-nosed little kids or some snotty-nosed big adults. Um, and talk to them about the things that God wants in their life. And I'm so thankful, you know, if you, if you don't think mentoring is um, worthwhile, as I didn't um, 12 months ago, I thought it was a load of hoo-ha. Um, tell you the honest truth, I thought, what a waste of my time, having to spend an hour on the phone once every three months, possibly four months if I can push it out, with Mark Ansell um, from A to A to talk about goodness knows what when I've got good male friends and I don't want to waste Mark Ansell's time and I don't want to waste my time. Until I got told by someone, it's not an option, it's a requirement. Going, okay, whatever you say, we'll do it. 12 months of mentoring for Mark Ansell and I tell you what, my life has never been the same again. Mentoring me, being there, encouraging me, asking me the hard questions, telling me the things that I needed to know, being there for support and encouragement, linked in with my good male friends has been the best thing that I possibly could have ever done. And so I think as adults, we should all be looking for someone who we can get alongside and mentor. It might cost you a milkshake at McDonald's. It might cost you a little bit of your time. But we're building into the next generation and we want to become influencers in 2022. Patience, faithfulness, forgiveness, repentance. Are you with me so far? Are you doing okay? Are we doing okay? Like, oh yeah, we've got plenty of time. Let's leave. I love Jonah. Jonah is one of my favourite people. In short, Jonah was told to preach to a foreign city, but he disobeyed, and his disobedience led Jonah into a series of unfortunate events. He was thrown overboard by a frightened crew, swallowed alive by a fish in the ocean, and then miraculously spat up on the beach. Jonah then preached to the people of the foreign city, and instead of experiencing the judgment God originally planned for them, they, they listened to Jonah, and God showed them mercy because of it. But even though Jonah's mission ended in success, the book ends with God dealing with the bitterness of Jonah's heart. 
Point number six, love your enemies. Why is this? This is the most difficult command in the Bible and it takes centre stage in the book of Jonah. When you understand Jonah's mission and what it truly meant, you will see Jonah's life isn't just a side story among the minor prophets. It's a reminder about who God is and the lengths he goes to to save the lost. Nineveh was the city Jonah was called to preach to and Nineveh was a major city of the Assyrian people. The Assyrians had been enemies of Jonah's people, the Israelites, for quite some time and there was some of the most ruthless and wicked people of their time. Jonah wasn't so much afraid of the brutal people as he was hopefully that God would actually just destroy them um, and this was Jonah's primary conflict it wasn't that he um, he cared he just didn't want God to save him he didn't want to go there because he didn't want to go he just didn't want him to, to you know repent but later we see God's response to Jonah's bitterness towards his enemies and this response also explains why believers should forgive those who truly turn away from evil and turn from their wicked ways point number seven don't run oh who's ever had God tell them that you should go and do something and if you don't put your hand up then point number eight is you're a liar Who's ever had God say to them, do something, and you haven't done it? Hands up. Hi. I'll put up. Absolutely. We've all done it. But in a year of influence, when we're going to start seeing people come through our doors, you can put your hand down now, James. Oh, no, you just got it on the camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought James was just keeping his hand up as a sign of good faith, but it's actually on the camera. So it's all right. We'll talk about that later. So... In a year of influence, in 2022, God is going to ask us to do some incredible things. And we can't run. And I can't do what God's asking you to do. And you can't do what God's asking me to do. And people might miss out on the things that God has for them because you run the other way. So it's going to get a bit uncomfortable. It's going to get a bit not fun. It's going to get a little bit we have to do things we don't want to do. It's going to get a little bit whatever, whatever. But we can't run. We have to just go and do. And it might just be a little thing like go and talk to your neighbour. Invite your neighbour to church. Have a, have a talk to someone after church that you don't really want to associate with. Because that's maybe what God wants you to do. Or maybe it's to give financially to something. Or maybe it's to pray more. Or maybe it's to give up doing something that you um, have been doing to do something else. It's time not to run from God. Every believer has a responsibility to be a light in the world and show others who they are through word and deed. In Matthew 5, 14 says, You are the light of the world and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they hide a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives lights to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jonah found out what happens when you try to run from your calling, and he is where, and if he were here today, I'm sure he'd tell that running causes more problems than you can imagine. God doesn't make mistakes. So if you're running from something he's told you to do, you're pretty much telling him he doesn't know what he's doing. And that sounds pretty stupid to me. He's had a conversation with God saying, you don't know what you're doing. 
I'll be the first one to put my hand up and stand up and go, what are you doing? But you know what? God's a big boy. God is a big God. And if you want to go out into the paddock and yell at him and have a chat with him and scream and shout and let it all out, then just do it. There's been plenty of times when I've walked out behind my caravan and said, God, I have no idea what on earth you are doing, but I'm done with that. I'm done. I am certain that you have got it wrong, but I know you haven't. But I think that you probably have, even though I know, don't you hate that? Because you can have an argument with God, but you can't win because he's always right. Uh, and so even though you want to have a fight with him and tell him, I think you've got it wrong, in the back of your head, you know that God's always got it right. So you're really having a little tandy for no reason. I still do it. <laughs> Patience, faithfulness, forgiveness, repentance, mentoring, love your enemies and don't run. Lastly, lastly, and we're doing okay, what about Paul? Paul in the Bible. Saul, a horrible man who had an encounter with a loving God, became Paul. Paul was the greatest man. Paul was a great man of God who made superhuman efforts to spread the good news of God to the world. Paul's life mission was to spread the gospel message. His actions serves as an example for all mission trips in the modern world. Paul's work to teach and lead the early Christians cemented his legacy as a transformed man that God used greatly. Point number eight, God can use anyone. Oh, don't you hate that? That God can use anyone, even people that I think aren't worthy of being used by God. And what annoys me sometimes is some people who you think God couldn't use, he uses the most, even more than me. And why would he use them even more than me? I'm so faithful. But he does. God can use anyone. The reason Paul describes himself as least of the apostles was because he began as one of their enemies. Paul, the man formerly known as Saul, was highly educated in the Jewish religious laws and he viewed the message of Christ's work as foolishness. But Paul's miraculous encounter with Christ changed him into a new man and the new mission he received led him to truly do God's will. Point number nine. And we made it to point number nine. I didn't think we would, but we did. Yes. And, and we're still on time. We're doing okay. Be versatile. Oh, yuck. I'm hating all these points. Be versatile. One of my favourite verses from Paul describes how he had to become all things to all people, meaning that in order to spread the good news of Jesus, Paul needed, used every advantage he had to relate to his audience and promote Christianity in a more effective way. 1 Corinthians 9. And to the Jews I became a Jew, that I might win Jews to those who are under the law. That I might win those who are under the law. Oh, I've written the verse lots of times. All, oh, it's done it wrong. Anyway, you know the verse I'm talking about. There it is up there. Become all things to all men, so that we might save people along the way. Patience, faithfulness, forgiveness, repentance, mentoring, love your enemies, don't run. God can use anyone and be versatile. All I know is in the year of influence in 2022, I don't want to become the zero, the one who does nothing. 
I don't want to be the one that sits around at the end of the year and says that I missed it. I want to be a something. And I did a little calculation, two and two and two equals six. If you add one makes seven, that's completion. I want to be the complete person that God wants me to be in the year of influence. I don't want to be the one sitting there going, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Over the holidays, for me, I intend to look at these nine points and ask God to show me the areas I need to change or grow in to be ready to be more of an influencer in 2022. So here we go. And the band can come up if you'd like to. Do I need more patience? Am I being faithful? Are the people... Are there people I need to forgive? Are there things I need to repent from and turn away from? Can I be a mentor to people and how do I do it? Do I truly love my enemies or those people who really, 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 really annoy me? Am I running away from something God told me to do? Do I see people the way God sees them? And do I believe that God can use anybody? Am I versatile? Am I flexible? Am I adaptable? Am I willing to change? They're the things that I'm going to go away and have a look at while I'm on holidays and say, God, show me who I, what I need to change to become the person that you've created me to be. What about you in 2022? What will be your story? What will be your story at the end of 2022? Maybe like me, you need to go away and have a look at some of those things. Maybe like me, you need to think, what's God need to do in my life so that in 2022, I can be part of the influence of Powerhouse Church in this church, in our city, in our state, in our nation, and in our world. Because I want to see God do some incredible things next year. And I want to be part of it. And I know that you don't want to miss out as well. And so to